Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking! I'm trying to record a podcast! Hey everybody, you're Natural Dog with Angela Ardolino, and my guest today is Joshua Cameron, who is a spiritual healer who's helped people all over the world. And what's really cool is that he helps people mostly with PTSD and pain, but through energy healing. And I found this fascinating because I know, like a lot of you out there, like me, get aggravated and frustrated sometimes with our pets and and how that doesn't make things better, but makes things worse. And so how important it is for us to be in a good place and how our energy can help our pets heal themselves. Stay tuned. Hi, Joshua. Thank you so much for joining me today. I um, I knew I wanted to have you on because I had such a good time on your podcast. And I think it's funny because, of course, you talk about humans and I am in the animal space, but everything's the same. And that's why I wanted to talk to you because, of course, I came on to talk about how cannabis is wonderful for uh, humans. But I want to talk about what you do. And then I want to talk about how that can carry over into our animals world and how it can help them. But I want to know how the heck you discovered this. Like, how did you go, this is what I need or this works or whoa, because I love telling how I discovered, you know, cannabis medicine. How did, how did you get into this? Yeah, for sure. That's such a great question. Well, I, I assume, you know, not unlike a whole lot of people is that, you know, we find somebody in our sphere or that, you know, manifests in our life, then they're at a place that we'd like to get to, right? We then maybe we start mentoring, you know, uh, un- under them, you know, as a mentee. And then they introduce us to other people and we say, wait a minute, that's not real. Shut up. You're making stuff up. And, you know, so I was uh, in a you know, very intensive mentorship with Peter Sage, you know, perhaps the, you know, world leading expert on consciousness, right? He's a serial entrepreneur. He was one of the youngest or he was the youngest at the time, you know, trainer under Tony Robbins for a long time. And, you know, where Tony gets people from a state of feeling like they're victims to then, all right, hey, I'm going to go take the world by the throat and I'm going to go make sure and swim upstream and I'm going to get it done. Peter takes people from that place of I'm going to swim upstream to I'm going to work in a more of a flow state. Right. So much more spiritually attuned, much more consciousness attuned. And within that consciousness, then here came a guy who said, hey, I can heal people. And I said, shut up. And he said, well, check out these testimonials. And there's people like, hey, I have cancer. I'm going to die in a week. And then two years later, like Ed, right, my master, Ed Stracher, hey, you saved my life. Like, what? What? Like, wait a minute. So this guy's playing the whole set of rules that I didn't even know existed. And because of that, I, the part of me that that loves to devour knowledge, that loves to devour, that love that can't help but scratch, you know, and just scratch at what, wait a minute, I don't know what that is. Let me keep scratching and see and dig and dig and dig and see, you know, see what I will come up with. I couldn't help but dig and dig and dig. And then when I went through a meditation with him that he put on live over Facebook, I was like, 
what the F, man? I can actually feel, like, I can feel this in my body. Wow, like, what, cool. what is going on? Like, this guy's, you know, hundreds of miles away. And that's when I was like, okay, so there's something to this. So let me, uh, let me open my mind and explore and see where this goes. And that's, you know, it's all, you know, all she wrote from there. Oh, I can't wait to hear about some of your experiences. But I think the reason I love this so much is because when I'm dealing with a pet parent who's got a dog that's got the cancer diagnosis, I always find myself saying to them, they don't know they have cancer. You know they have cancer. Don't get in a bad mood. Don't be freaking out. They're going to feel that energy. It's not going to be a healing energy. Would you agree with that? You think this is something that I would agree even, with that. even if it's you're not the person who is dealing with the disease, you're feeling it, how you can use your healing energy for the person that is suffering or your pet, for instance? Hands down. I mean, have you ever been in a room and somebody walks in and the entire room just lights up or the opposite? Like yep. a whole hush just, you know, covers, you know, everyone there and everyone quits talking. Well, cause that's, that's energy. Right. And um, what's so unique with our pets is that pets are almost in a perpetual state of the, of the camel phase in the Nietzschean, uh, you know, path of the Ubermensch. Are you familiar with uh, Nietzsche's uh, philosophy at all? Friedrich Nietzsche? No, tell me. So he's got this philosophy of how you can become the, you know, Superman. But the Superman is a psychological Superman, not like somebody with you know great strength, but somebody with with great mental fortitude. And most people are so lost that they're just trying to survive, and they've got no inclination to help out at all. But the very first stage of somebody who decided, hey, I want to help people out, well, it becomes a camel. And the camel is the one that, hey, who is so noble that they would bend the knee and go up to those who are suffering and say, hey, go ahead and lay your burdens upon me. Now, you know, I will carry them because of my strength. I will carry them because I love you. And, you know, with pets, they're in that perpetual camel state where, you know, when we're feeling terrible, our pets will come and cheer us up like nothing else. And when we're just laying our burdens on them, you know, whatever sort of state of energy we've got, they're just receiving all that. And they're just receiving all that. So we might find that if we've got issues, our pets are actually going to start to exemplify those issues as well and start to so manifest true. those issues in their own body. Yep. I just was on with uh, another podcast where she's like, I have all of these allergies. And then I realized my dog has the same allergies. And it's like, yep. I remember when I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, my soul dog at the same time was um, diagnosed with degenerative myelopathy. And I was like, whoa, this is weird. <laughs> both of them that we took care of naturally, you know, that we didn't both turn to a pharmaceutical drug to mess up our, you know, everything going on naturally already. What are some of, so after you've learned this and you start practicing, what are some of the biggest differences you start seeing in your life? Like how are you experiencing things different now that you understand how this works? That's a great question. So for most of my life, right? Well, you know, let's take a you know step back real quick. You know, I I you know was raised in a in a household that didn't really know love, right? A lot of you know physical and mental abuse as a child. Didn't really have parents there to show me love, right? They uh, were lost at the bottom of the bottle. Stepdad was just this horrendous rage monster. And then later at nineteen, I joined the army. Right, my first war zone was eight days after September eleventh, two thousand one, and then oh less than gosh. a year after coming home. I'm going to my second war zone. 
And so now I've got PTSD compounded on top of the childhood trauma. And so for most of my life, I didn't really know how to trust myself, you know, because there was so much noise and there's so much chaos in there. And when you start going through this and you can start to quiet the noise and increase the signal, well, the, the first thing that you'll notice is that you can actually start to trust yourself instead of going to other people and say, hey, tell, tell me who I am, Angela, right? You see something in me. Well, I can't trust myself. So, and so often we'll look to others to, to help define us rather than look within. And when we look within, well, that's when we can truly choose how to define ourselves, the greatest, you know, lengths in which we can stride, you know, the, the greatest heights in which we can grow. But when others define us, well, that puts us in a box. And then we'll, we'll often find ourselves very, you know, lonely because now we're taking on the uh, identity that somebody else gave to us. And whether we, you know, understand through our mind or not, our heart's going to feel that there's inauthenticity there. And, you know, we'll probably feel lonely. You know, we, we might feel restless. We might feel like, hey, there, there's something more. I just can't quite put my finger on it. But when you can tap in and really start connecting to that signal of your heart, well, your heart's connected to your soul, right? And what does Einstein said? Einstein said everything's energy. Contemporary of his, Max Planck, said that consciousness is primary. Everything is consciousness, Right. Hermetic philosophy says the all or, you know, what they call God, the all is mind. The universe is mental. OK, well, the universe is mental. That sounds like consciousness coming from the mind, the mind then being, you know, coming from the soul. Right. And then uh, Niels Bohr, a contemporary of theirs, so that everything that we call real is made up of things that cannot be regarded as real because everything we call physical matter reality is made from, you know, light waves. Right? We can prove through physics that everything is a wave of light that collapses into a particle and then you know, coalesces and creates what we call particle matter reality. And if everything's energy, well, then how do we hold our own energy? Do we, you know, as Americans, it's really easy to be like, hey, I'm my own worst enemy. Well, we can't you know, come to the world except from a place of who we are. So if we're our own worst enemy. At some point, we're going to be treating other people that way as well because we've got no other way to treat the world except from a place of who we are. Wow. I, something you said is, you know, we don't trust ourselves, which I, you know, work mostly with pet parents, educating them, helping them with their pets. And a lot of times they don't trust themselves or they did something because someone else with a white coat on told them to do something and their gut was screaming not to do it. They did it anyway. And they did it anyway, and guess what the outcome was? Exactly what they thought it was going to be. It happened, and they knew better. And then they come and meet someone like me, and I tell them, and they're like, I knew it. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the gut feeling because how we don't trust it, A, the fact that it is a direct link to our brain, our gut and our brain, and that gut feeling is literally <laughs> what we should be paying attention to. And how, I don't know about you, but my gut has never led me wrong. Has yours ever led you wrong? When I didn't know how to trust it, I led myself wrong. Because what I, what you know, in the same way that you just described somebody who was wearing a white coat, I would then, you know, follow the, the fallacy of leaning on authority. Well, this is an right. authority figure. Uh, who told me something, therefore, I shouldn't trust myself. I should trust them. And so following that fallacy, then yeah, I led myself astray. But you're right. When you tune into your gut and you tune into your to that sense of intuition, right? Th there's a reason it's there. And that intuition isn't based upon logic, right? And lo yeah, logic 
is such a great way to, to trap ourselves. For instance, the logical mind would say, well, here's somebody who went to medical school. Here's somebody who's got all these years of education. Therefore, they must know something that I don't. Right. But who, who could know more about you than you? Right? Who could ever know more about you than you? Yeah, or know more about your child or your pet or whatever it is. They're not going to know more about it. And to realize that they're there to support and help whatever you want to do, not take this pill, do this, that type of thing. So I, 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 it's crazy, but so true. Well, and I think a lot of people forget, you know, and I think the pandemic may have reminded them that right. we're still, you know, the medical establishment, we're still dealing with the same medical establishment, different people, but the same establishment that said, you know, hey, Angela, didn't you know that you should smoke while pregnant because it's healthy for you? Hey, Angela, did you know that uh, you should cut out all fat out of your diet and replace it with sugar? And never mind how, you know, the rate of heart attacks now skyrockets, you know, due to that. Hey, Angela, I know you're in pain. Why don't you go ahead and take these opioids that are totally safe and non-addictive? And so we're still dealing with the same medical establishment that'll basically just take their, their marching orders, right? And who do they learn from, right? And these doctors aren't, it's not like the doctors are evil. It's not like veterinarians are evil. Right. They, just, they, they are taught under an umbrella, uh, you know, it's paid for, bought and paid for by, you know, big, you know, big pharmaceutical research that wants us to think that chemistry is how we change everything. Right. But frequency, right? Everything is energy. Frequency beats beats chemistry every every time over time. Every time. I like that. That needs to go on a t-shirt. <laughs> frequency over chemistry. I like it. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health, healing naturally. I think that was probably the biggest thing that blew my mind when I learned about the endocannabinoid system is that this is the master system in all of our bodies and not doctors or veterinarians are taught anything about this master system, much less what you know about frequencies and about healing. So we can't expect them to know. They're literally taught anatomy, physiology, and then how to use the, the pharmaceuticals. And if they've got this, if you've got this disease, this is the standard of care. You do this, this, and this. Forgetting the individual, the human, the animal, that is all, every, every single one of us is different and we all need to, to have a, a protocol that fits what our bodies need and what we need and not everybody's. What do you think needs to happen for people to understand that, to get back to trusting themselves and their gut and what's best for them and their pets and their family versus the messages? I, I feel like I just walk around and go, trust nobody. Don't trust anything. Do your own research. So the first thing you should do is turn off the news. <laughs> I agree. Right? Don't watch CNN because the only thing CNN Fox News, MSNBC, any sort of major media, the only thing they're going to do is have you look at your neighbor and say, oh, if my neighbor thinks differently than me, they're a bad person. And that, that does not, I mean, we've literally for, for years 
We've been trained to put our hand over our heart and say one nation under God, you know, indivisible, you know, with liberty and justice for all. But right before that, we said united we stand, divided we fall. And yet here we are, we tune into things that get us divided over the stupidest right. things. So the, the older I get and, you know, the, the young version of me would have felt, you know, aghast at this. But the older I get, the more I realize the wisdom in a quote that Ronald Reagan said, that uh, the scariest thing anyone can hear is, uh, you know, somebody saying, hey, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Uh, and <laughs> that's, a little, that's a little cynical. But the thing is, is how often over the last uh, three years, three and a half years, have we seen somebody from the government say this is exactly how it's supposed to be? And it turned out to be the worst case scenario. It didn't help us at all. It made everything worse made us all afraid, made us all angry at each other. Uh, and so turn all that off. Because the thing is, the thing is, if something needs, if there's something important enough, it's going to find you. You know, you don't need to go out searching for it. It's going to find you. I agree. I, I don't have regular television anymore. But like when I go travel and I'm in a hotel and I'll just turn the television on. And I, even if you do have the TV on all the time or watch TV every single night, taking a break from it and then turning it back on is eye-opening. Every commercial was a pharmaceutical for a human or for a pet or a flea and tick or a heartworm medication, which are also pharmaceuticals and poison. And then the news was about the new drug discovered that helps this type of cancer or, you know, whatever it was. And I'm like, my God, the message is completely about this huge industry <laughs> that is controlling us. And I think it is, I think that is important. Yeah. Well, and what did Bruce Lee say? Bruce Lee said, be careful how you talk to yourself because your body can't help but to listen, right? There's a reason why we call it spelling because we're casting spells on each other all day long. And what is a spell? Well, it's belief. You watch the TV, it's casting spells on you that says, oh, I feel abnormal. I must need that pill, right? Why do I need that pill? Because look at everyone smiling on that commercial. I haven't been smiling. It must mean because I'm not taking that pill. And it's indoctrination. Now, the thing is, is no matter what environment we're in, right, our environment's going to shape us. Every environment that we're in is going to try to indoctrinate us. So we're programmable by design. That's just, that's just a fact of life. So what we get to choose is how do we want to be programmed? Do you want to be programmed by that inner voice that knows what's best for you? Or do you want to be programmed by people who've got you know, no interest in your, in your higher self? and only want to just take your money. And if you happen to get help, well, then that's a happy consequence, right? Is that really, you know, the, the life that you want to live? Is that the life that you want to subject your child to, right? Your, your fur baby to, you know, or do you really want to tune in and be like, hey, I, I know what my love is saying. I know what my heart is saying. I know what my intuition is saying. What if I try that instead of second questioning that all the time and see what sort of results I get and, you know, write them down, you know, annotate it, be scientific about it. I love it. I think it's so important. And I don't think people understand how much our pets pick up on our energy and whether we are sad, depressed, anxious, they're going to pick up on it and feel these things too. So us being their caretakers, definitely you want to be aware of this behavior. So let's say like me, we're traveling with our pets. <laughs> I'm in an RV right now with my three dogs and it's our first time. And we're traveling and, you know, it's a little crazy. And they literally 
went from running around on a three-acre farm to now they're in an RV with us or in a car driving. What are some things of, you know, when I get so aggravated, you know, because one of them won't do something, whatever, what are some tips that we can do to kind of like bring us out of aggravation or not seeing or hearing quickly? I mean, it, I know meditation is going to be one of your suggestions, but what, what should we do in that instance? Because I know everything's going to turn to shit because they're going to get confused and aggravated about what I'm trying to tell them or get them mm-hmm. to do. So what, what, do we, what do you suggest when we find ourselves in those moments? Well, I mean, you know, meditation, you're right, certainly is a great way to, again, tune into, well, you know, what would we do, right? So what is it that we're trying to get them to do? Uh, we're probably trying to force them to do it, and they don't want to do it. So is there a way in which that we can compel them magnetically instead of trying to force them to do it, right? Is there a way that we can coax them into them wanting to do it? And if so, you know, what do you think that is? And, you know, usually with a pet, well, they want to feel loved and they want to give love. And is the forcing perhaps uh, frustrating them because it's, it's preventing them from one or both of those things? And so is there a way for you to maybe stop, ground yourself, take a deep breath, show them some love, right? Get them excited and then, you know, and then go from there and start from a place of love instead of a place of frustration. And as uh, there's this idea in the Tao Te Ching that when man is born, he's, he's soft and supple. And when a plant is born, it's soft and pliable. And when man dies, he's stiff and rigid. When a plant dies, it's dry and brittle. Therefore, those who are stiff and inflexible are disciples of death. And those who are soft and supple are disciples of life. It doesn't mean that you're good. It doesn't mean that you're bad. But animals are so sensitive to energy. And so when we're stiff and rigid, well, we're inviting death. We're inviting entropy. We're inviting that which breaks down the harmony within our energy, within ourselves. Right? That's, what, that's what happens when we're stressed. Right? When we're stressed, well, a, a cascade of stress hormones goes through the body. The blood actually gets pulled from our life support, from our organs into our uh, limbs so we can explode on a moment's notice. And if we live there, instead of just visiting there to get away from the tiger attack and then go back to normal, well, then we're inviting death. And so maybe your animal's acting that way to say, hey, there's something not right going on. I don't like the energy that you're giving. Not that they're being resistant to you, but they're, they're just reminding you, hey, they're giving you a, a, a good way, a good reference to see that there's something unhealthy going on within your energy. And so what can you do to, again, take that breath, ground yourself, and be flexible instead of stiff and rigid? Invite life. Because if animals are so sensitive well, love is life. Well, when you invite that life, they're going to want to be able to give you that love. They're going to want. They're going to be able to feel that love even more. And it doesn't mean that they're always going to listen. I mean, they're still like a child, right? But you'll probably find that your interactions with them will be a lot softer, uh, a lot easier, and a lot more meaningful. Ah, and it's so true. And I don't want people to think, you know, I'm some angel. I get aggravated all the time with my dogs, but I also am. I know that I can do it. And I love to watch it to like, for instance, uh, giving them all their full spectrum hemp extract, their calm before we get on the car to drive. And it's a matter of, do I go get them, hold them down, put it in their mouth? And no, I'm not going to do that. They're going to come to me. I'm going to ask them to come to me. They're going to, it's going to be relaxing. We're going to gently 
put it in their mouth and everything's going to be good. And now that's what we do. And I just sit there and keep calling until you come over and, and get it instead of jumping in the back seat, holding them down and giving it to them. So, and I would get aggravated doing that. And so it's just kind of taking a breather because I know, especially those of us who have multiple dogs, you're going to get aggravated. They're going to get on your nerves. So taking that breath, I love it. They're picking up on that energy and they're going to give it right back to you. And they're not going to be able to listen and do what you want them to do because you're both aggravated now. Yeah. I love it. So tell me some of the ways that you started practicing in your own life. Like what were those situations where you were just going in a bad place and how you were able to stop yourself and bring yourself out of it? Like once you learned it, learned what to do, how easy was it to start putting it into practice and then where it just becomes part of your everyday? I mean, do you even get aggravated anymore? Are you able to control everything? Uh, I'm human. So yeah. Right. So it's more allowing. And the thing is, if, if you allow, well, then you're going to allow everything. You're going to allow anger. You're going to allow aggravation. What happens is that I don't live there anymore. I visit there. So if something aggravates Got me, it. well, I might be aggravated for a couple of minutes instead of having it ruin my entire day. Rather than it being 5 p.m. and I say, oh, my God, let me tell you about what happened to me when I first woke up today. Right? I might get aggravated and I catch myself like, oh, hey, let me just go ahead and thank, you know, um, be grateful for what I already have. Be grateful for the, the love in my life, for the people around me, for the peer group that I've got, for my son, right? And remind myself of what's important rather than focus on what's not. Because any physicist, any neuroscientist will tell you that the mind attracts that which it dwells upon, right? Why does a NASCAR driver, right, not look at the wall when he doesn't want to crash into the wall? Because then he'll crash into the wall. So where does he look? He looks at exactly where he wants to drive because the mind will attract that which it dwells upon and will move in the direction of its focus. So if we focus on the aggravation and the frustration, well, that's what we're going to get more of. If we focus on gratitude, well, that's what we're going to get more of. And it's not a matter of being a robot and not feeling them because you know when you receive, you're going to receive everything. It's a matter of catching yourself when you're feeling a negative emotion and just allowing, just letting it go and transforming it into something that you know benefits you. And so often what people do is they put walls around their heart. Well, I've been hurt so much. I'm going to put walls around my heart. And the problem with doing that is that walls are indiscriminate. Walls don't know what's good for you or what's bad for you. They're going to block everything. And so when we create a wall to prevent ourselves from being hurt from the world, we're also you know, putting up a wall, preventing ourselves from being able to receive good things as well. And so we end up getting trapped in that space and we're trapping you know, between us and that wall, everything we're afraid of. And then that wall is preventing anything good from being able to uh, manifest in our lives. That's you know, able to uh, uh, you know, resolve right, those feelings. And so, you know, again, it's not a matter of not feeling a negative emotion. It's a matter of being able to process it in real time, catching yourself in real time. And just going back to the, instead of the state, the stage, right? The state of emotion I might be in is frustrated because something frustrated me. But the stage of where I live, of where I present, of where I am, most of the moments of my life is a place of gratitude and love and acceptance and, you know, really just, you know, receiving the world. And if you want to think about how powerful it is to be in a place of receiving, you know, have you ever given somebody a gift and they were, even if it was a small gift, they were so excited and they just lit up and you're like, oh my God, man, I want to give you a gift like every day now versus somebody, you give them a gift and they're like, that's it. That's all. 
And, and that's the difference between being in a place of receiving and being in a place of not receiving. And when we're not receiving, well, we can't receive good, right? Because we're blocking that out, right? And But we usually do that to protect ourselves. And so just be in a place of receiving and allow yourself to be that soft and supple person and just invite that life, invite that life, invite that love and just uh, exist, listen to your intuition and everything, everything changes. And I find if you don't, you know, find yourself surrounded by people maybe that aren't feeling that way or whatever, I like to go find the people that feel the same way, the people that are going to give me the love and I can keep it open and get it and understand, okay, these are people that are not going to take advantage and just take it and not give anything back. So I want people to understand, like, for instance, I'm on tour with um, Dr. Judy Morgan right now, and it's the best because I get to go speak to 150 to 200 people who love their dogs like family like I do and get around people where, you know, I'm not a weirdo. I'm not you know, whatever it is, I'm with family. So I think the best thing you can do if you're feeling like you're not with your people is to go be with your people and and get filled up again because it does help. It can't you can feel like I'm not letting anybody in. I'm not let this person thinks I'm crazy. This person doesn't believe me, you know, whatever it is. So I, go find your people and be with them so that you can fill up that energy source and continue to put out that positive energy. I love it. What do you do now for full time? Is this what you do for a living now? Yes. And, you know, you mentioned again, filling up that energy. And so coming back to what I said before that, you know, frequency beats chemistry. You know, chemistry needs proximity. You know, it means that, you know, you're going to take a pill. Well, then you've got to have it like right there, right? You've got to, you know, take it, swallow it. But um, for instance, you know, I was working with a lady in South Africa, right? I live in Utah, right? I'm not even on the same continent as this lady. And she had a torn bicep tendon. And, you know, in the process of her tearing her bicep tendon multiple times, uh, you know, it was, you know, she had a, a husband who was wasting away in a nursing care facility. And she had a lot of stress because they just weren't taking care of him. He was getting these garish, large, you know, bed sores. And when she would complain saying, hey, you, know, you need to be taking care of my husband, they'd say, oh, you're white, you're in South Africa, you must be racist. And so now she's getting all this frustration all this resentment, all this grief, watching her husband waste away. And, you know, as she's moving him, he's like 275 pounds. She's like a buck 60. Well, she ends up injuring her arm, tearing that, that, uh, that tendon. And in all that scar tissue is all this resentment, all this anger, all this grief. And she went to an orthopedic surgeon. She went to a chiropractor. She went to like seven different experts. I can't remember them all off the top of my head. And she said that literally every single one just made things worse, just made the pain worse. She said the pain literally brought her to her knees. Um, I took her through a meditation. That's it. Took her through a meditation within four days. She said not only is that pain gone, but she had 30% more movement in her arm. By three wow. weeks, she had 70% more movement in her arm. And wow. because what did we do? Well, we dissolved that grief. We were to dissolve that resentment. We dissolved uh, you know, all that shame, all, all that negative energy. And what did it do? Well, dissolve that scar tissue. And it allowed her to actually have that movement. And so, again, what did Einstein say? Everything is energy. And where does it come from? A light, you know, a light wave that collapses in a particle matter reality. What lives in the dimension of light? Our soul. And so when we can tap into our soul, well, then that's when everything changes. 
And the problem, though, is that all the negativity, whether it be from the news or whether it be around, you know, negative Nancys or negative Normans that are around us, well, they will, you know, bring to us, you know, these negative energy fields. And these negative energy fields act as suppressors and they act as like a Faraday cage. If you're not familiar with a Faraday cage, it's basically something that blocks all electronic transmission. Like a microwave, you stick your phone in a microwave and you close the door, likely nobody's going to be able to text it or be able to call it because it's blocking all that transmission. And so all these negative energy fields will actually block that signal to our higher self. Everyone has access, right? What did Jesus say? Whether you're a fan of the Bible or not, Jesus said, even the least amongst you can do as much and more in my name. Well, why would he say that? Well, because as Rumi said, you're not a drop in the ocean, you're the ocean in a drop. As if your soul is a fragment of light broken off of the greatest light that's ever existed. People might call that God. People might call that the all. People might call that whatever, you know, whatever higher power they believe in. But our soul is a fragment of that light. And since we live in a holographic universe, right, everything's light. Well, then in each part of the hologram exists the entire data of the entire hologram, which is, again, you know, we are the ocean in a drop. And if we can tap into that power, literally everything changes. I love it. So this is, I think, something that pet parents definitely should be practicing. How the heck do we do this with our pets? Like, how do we get them to that place? I, you know, immediately I'm thinking if they're in a bad situation or a terrible situation, bringing them out into nature and letting them be who they really are. You know, if it's a dog, letting them run and be in the sun and dig and swim and whatever would kind of be a form of meditation in their way, would you think? 100%. Even humans, when we go, you know, when we go to nature, you know, within like 20 minutes, you know, our, our dopamine and serotonin levels really start balancing out. And so dogs, absolutely, you get them in nature, you get them running around, well, they're going to start, you know, their you know, natural hormones are going to start to uh, balance out. Another thing too is that um, there's scientific research that uh, water retains memory. And right, if we take water that has been shown a lot of negativity, you know, talking to water like, hey, I hate you. Oh, it's so resentful. Oh, you're so gross. Well, when it freezes, you look at those uh, crystalline structures under a microscope and they're big clumps. And just looks gross. But when you say, I love you so much, I'm so grateful, and you share loving energy with that water, love, peace, harmony, well, it creates these amazing displays of crystalline structures. And so when you're sharing love with water, you know, share the share the love that you have with your dog with the water that your dog's going to drink. And you might actually find that it can actually help calm them down a little bit as well. I love it. Everything has energy. Try to make it a good energy. Put that good energy out in the world into your pet. I love it. This was a very fun conversation. Thank you so much for being on my show today. How do us pet parents find you? And if we want more information or we can get a counseling session with you if we want to, how do we find you? Yeah, appreciate the question. So you can find me at freemefrompains.com. So pains is plural. And there's even a free gift there, right? So often people are like, hey, I, I don't know how to meditate. Well, that's fine. That free gift is going to teach you how to meditate. It's going to take you through some more you know, magical meditations so you can really start to tap into it so you can literally feel it. And even just a couple of days ago, a lady from Canada reached out to me and I sent her the meditation. She'd been struggling with chronic fatigue. And so not even working with me as a client, just you know, from a free meditation that I recorded months ago, she listened to it and she said that she got 30% more energy, 30% within 24 hours. 
And this is Got how it. this works because again, frequency beats chemistry. And if you get yourself at the right frequency, everything changes. Uh, what's your favorite frequency? Mm, I, I'm a big fan of the alpha state in that you know, all the answers are in alpha, right? When we allow ourselves to get into an alpha state, that's when we can really tap into the, what people might call the Jungian collective unconscious or maybe what people might call the Akashic records. Yet when we get into a theta brainwave state, that's the dreamlike state. That's when we can really start reshaping our beliefs and reshaping our reality. And so maybe oscillating between those two, you know, I try not to have an absolute favorite. I try to just listen to myself and guide myself to what I feel that I need. And so my favorite is really, I guess, what I need in the moment. But the alpha is probably where I try to, my baseline. It's probably my baseline. It's my alpha state. Awesome. Thank you, Joshua, so much for your time today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, I did too. I really appreciate the space that you hold. I love, you know, what you're doing. You know, there's so few things that we love more than our pets. And, uh, but they're so often disregarded. Now, let me just go ahead and give them this poisonous pill right. and not even think about the ramifications of what's happening to them. And so the fact that you're able to, to bring that value to the pets in our lives. And I did the same thing. I knew I did it for myself and didn't even think I should be doing the same thing for my pets, which is you know why this is all I talk about now. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtolino.com. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at MycoDog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.